0: You are experiencing the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. It is uh, November thirteenth, twenty twenty-three, and this is Knuckleheads of Liberty, where we bring you the people and the organizations fighting for liberty around the country and in your region. Um, And today, we're we're just going to have a topic show where we're uh, with the panel, and so we're going to talk a little bit about this new group called the No Labels Party, which is kind of exciting because every time the you know there's somebody's making an effort to break the duopoly, it's always uh, a little bit exciting. And, and how the duopoly feels threatened about that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about an update on the uh, – uh... Israel-Palestine conflict and you know maybe a little bit of discussion of proportionality because we hear that term thrown out a lot Um, and finally we'll have our knucklehead noise patrol where we'll kind of surprise you with some ridiculous thing some politician or or, uh, uh, celebrity has said or done in the media Uh, but before we get into any of that let me introduce you to our panel in our uh, lower right hand corner today we have our screaming eagle of freedom Tim Everett he is a pilot in the state of California and our lower right hand corner we have leon the word brathwaite last word in liberty he is a retired engineer in the state of california my name is jason McPhee and i'll be your host today
1: that was two so- lower rights yeah, so I, oh, I was no, just going to me, I not want to point that no, love, but...
0: I guess I'm giving up the balance on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, I, it's, uh, we're just shifted to the right here. Yeah, <laughs> Jason can't even
1: recognize left side from right side. He can't say left. He hates left. He hates
0: yeah, well, the way the way the left is today, I I just soon forget about. It. <laughs> But I don't know why you can say right
1: after you know what we see on the on the at least the Republican right, and
0: that's true, that's true. It does feel like, um, like clown world versus yeah, you know, maybe undesirable versus just absolute clown world,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe it sh- should be in the middle we have Tim and in the middle we have Leon. That could be that could be a, a word okay, right. yeah. okay. Oh
2: uh, clung clung, clung World versus the the, the 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 pro the Proverse, I guess or something I guess I don't know. Uh. <laughs>
0: well you, you you kind of threw me off by the by the positioning being switched today. I'm used to seeing <laughs> Leon in the left. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but, but I do feel like he actually belongs a little more to the right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, anyway. <laughs> Let's get into our show. Okay. We're not going to have okay. time to so talk about that. any of this. Stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe if we could get our uh, wonderful invisible hand, James, just if you could pull up the uh, visual, we wanted to talk about the no labels party today. So, this is kind of a thing that uh, I just started hearing about. I, I'm not quite sure how long they've been at this, uh, but they've just started to make some noise because, it, not so much because I've heard them, but I've heard the two parties whining about them and mainly the Democrat party. So, uh, so the no labels party is essentially this, this movement where they, they kind of want to get away from, you know, the, uh, the, the division, the, the polarization that's happening. And so they're trying to figure out a way to sort of get to the middle, kind of like what Tim was just trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and and so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's the, the, the best way to think about things, this thing in the middle, you know, versus left, right. But the, the, the bottom line is that's kind of the way they're framing things. And they don't like this idea of, of you know, either having to be one side or the other of this duopoly of Republicans and, and Democrats. But w- where I've heard most about these guys recently is the Democrats have been kind of, you know, starting to get alarmed. Uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi, here's an article from CBS News that says uh, the no labels is perilous to our democracy and a threat to Biden. So uh, I think that's the real issue. It's not really a threat to our democracy. It's more like a threat to their leader. Which, when you up, know, it's
2: funny when a politician says a threat to democracy it means it's a threat to their power that's all I mean that's all
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and that's that's kind of, uh, you know, your freedom to choose them. That's what they're worried about is that you (laughs) lose the freedom to choose them. Um, But anyways, and here's another article, too, from NPR that sort of says the same thing. Democrats sound the alarm over no labels, third party bid. And one of the issues that, you know, you might think, well, why are the Democrats more concerned about this than the Republicans? And a reason that just popped up is that. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin of, I believe it's West Virginia, recently said. Yes, yes, he is.
2: It's West Virginia, yes.
0: Yeah, and, and he said he's been kind of a little bit of a uh, you know a, a road bump or a speed bump for Democrats recently in the Senate where he hasn't quite gone along on a lot of the Green New Deal stuff. He's sort of been an impediment to some of this stuff because he wants to see, uh, you know, he comes from a coal state, so he's uh, his constituents aren't really on board with a lot of that stuff. And so he, he's been kind of uh, uh, a little bit uh, not, not in harmony with a lot of the Democrats I guess and some of the things they'd like to do well he recently said that he was going to step down and he's not going to run for re-election in 2024 but what that might mean is that he said he's kind of investigating what his other options are and so some people are speculating that he might wind up being the candidate for this no labels party Um, and so somebody who maybe has some actual credibility uh, and who's gotten a lot of I guess. yeah, he's gotten a lot of free press in his being a sort of a thorn in the side of Democrats, uh, over the past, uh, uh, Biden administration. So, uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, this, this seems, uh, is it, this a positive and negative, uh, you know, and, and, uh, I, you know joe manchin does seem like an improvement over biden if that worst came to worst Anyone? <laughs> what do you guys think any
2: anybody anybody would be an improvement over biden quite frankly <laughs> but you know um you know what 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 is really disturbing about all of this is that we live in a in a representative republic where we all have the right to choose supposedly and all the right to vote to how we think about our uh, potential leaders and yet the first thing comes out of the mouth of people like nancy pelosi and probably joe biden i guess at some point in time will probably be saying singing the same tune is this new party the new no labels party is somehow a threat to our democracy why so is there some is there some part of the constitution that i missed that said only the democrats and the republicans are the only two parties that can exist here in the United States and anybody that come along is some threat to democracy. This is insanity going amok. Because now anything that's a threat to the establishment is considered a threat to democracy. And actually there are some people who actually believe this. So it's no longer that we are free to choose our leaders. We are only free to choose certain leaders. And that is so anti-democratic, it's unbelievable. And yet we have people like Nancy Pelosi, a former speaker of the House, by the way, telling us it's a threat to democracy to have a third party or maybe a fourth party where we have the libertarians out there and then there's the independent, um, um, John F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It looks like he's going to run as an independent. So I guess all of these people who are not part of the, the Republican Democrat um, du- duopoly, I guess all of these people are threats to democracy, and this is absurd and insane.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how soon before we become just a threat to democracy, before suddenly we're the disinformation terrorists and they're locking us all up? <laughs> there you go. Exactly.
1: Uh, uh, yes. Don't you think they're also calling the the Democrats, are also calling the Republicans threats to democracy as well? Haven't I That's heard true. that too, regarding Trump or people. Yes. Like yeah. to vote for Trump? Also threats. Yeah. And that, yes. So there's no, there's the right. only non threat to democracy is a Democrat, obviously. Oh, well, maybe it's in the name. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, or, or if, if you happen to be a rhino Republican who just happens to agree with the Democrats most of the time, then you're not really a threat yes, to democracy. Exactly. If you're the type of guy who'd be a, a Republican representative on MSNBC, then you're not really the threat to democracy. It's just all the other guys. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're one of the ones that may, might be required if they need a two thirds majority or something. Yeah. But I think Please the Republicans see. have had us libertarians as thorns in their side for so long that when yes. something like this comes up it's like it's it's high time and and good that the Democrats have a libertarian style uh, kind, kind of like the Democrats I guess a little left but <laughs> um, not not exactly a Democrat so yeah what the heck? The funny thing of it you all, know, and- is the, the funny thing of it all, what what happens if Manchin becomes their candidate? He wins the election, and now all the Democrats and all the Republicans have a president that is not part of their party. But you know, isn't gonna is it is it not still capable the the <laughs> government, the federal government, of running business as usual? Because you still got to get the majority, and they they've got to. You know, you've still got to run bills through the House and the Senate, and this, that, and the other thing, and and you still have a guy who is uh, commander in chief and has all his little, um, uh, his little um, powers that he has. So I don't see where it makes a big difference, other than the fact that they. You know, aren't of the same party, so supposedly they can't toe the exact line that everybody else wants. But still, I mean, if they can, if their ideas are so great and wonderful that they're good for the world, then maybe they could just convince this third-party president to
2: to vote for it and not veto it. But you see, this is just the point, though. The, you raise the, raise the point about how the, the democrats, you know, the refi- the, the define certain elements of the re- um the republican party as threats to democracy. Now look at look at one of the things that's been beaten around quite a lot, Tim, uh, about your point. Is this oh, the extremist maga Republicans? Now, what the hell is a maga Republican? A, a Trump supporter? That's what a MAGA Republican is. Mm-hmm. And what it is that Trump support that is so anti-democratic. I mean, I know it's Trump says some idiotic things at times, he really does, but he's still constrained by the power, if he becomes president again, he's still constrained by the power of the presidency, that's what he's constrained by, which is laid out in our constitution, but I know he has said some idiotic things like, you know, like he could do this and he can do that, you know, obviously he has, but the Margaret Republicans, oh, these Margaret Republicans, these are the new extremists, they want to do this and they want to do that, they want to have an insurrection again. But they never hear those same words being characterized as when people went and took over the the speaker, the um, when uh, Kevin McCarthy was speaker of the house. S- some people stormed the Capitol. They took over the his his um his um his office. Nobody called those people or whatever. I don't even know what the what the issue was. Whatever it was, whatever the issue was, nobody called them extremists. Oh, yes, we had a few protesters. They probably said mostly peaceful. I, I didn't hear that, but I, probably somebody said it. But you yeah. see this is that not only that we have these so-called threats to the, the um, uh, threats to democracy we also have the hypocrisy in the media that is fomenting this nonsense this I is the problem for that. I was waiting
1: at H word
2: I'm glad you
0: <laughs> out
1: of my mouth. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're breaking up there a little bit Tim, but I hear I, I, we got the h word part of it. Yeah. Glad, <laughs> yeah. I, I said I'm
1: glad Leon used the h word because he yeah. took it out of his mouth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny, too, because we just talked about this on the last show that we did, I think, uh, where Rashida Talib also had sort of riled up a, a group of Palestinian uh, protesters uh, on the war in uh, Israel uh, to raid some of the Capitol buildings and essentially uh, uh, forcibly, you know, occupy. And they had to be a lot of them had to be taken out by police, but, right. uh, it, but of course that wasn't an insurrection. No, it was <laughs> not totally of an course insurrection. Not. If you were a MAGA supporter, then it's an insurrection. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, but you know the, the funny thing too uh, was with all this. I remember before uh, the the whole January sixth thing. Uh, this was a uh, something where. All the violence was coming from the left, the political left. Yes. I mean, they were the ones who were essentially lighting things on fire, attacking the police, burning police cars in the streets, and 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 the Democrats called it a summer of love, not an insurrection. So I, you know, it's uh, uh yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a strange vision that they have <laughs> as far as uh, what's a threat to democracy and what isn't. Um, but yeah. you know,
2: but you know, the the, the problem is. The problem is goes beyond the, you know, the names of threat to democracy and the names of MAGA Republicans and all that kind of stuff and things like that. The problem goes beyond that. Is that some of this threats to democracy and all of these all these labels that they are they are now I mean disseminating against against certain sectors of society, they are leading to two things. One is the tolerance of violence by certain sectors of our society, and the second thing is selective prosecutions. Which is a dangerous path that we are we are taking that we are taking with this with these with with this dissemination of information disinformation and misinformation that we are now seeing, and you know like you know you, you don't see anybody you, you just spoke about a very good example nobody talked about insurrection when we had Kevin McCarthy's office was taken over when the uh, the pro-Palestinian group went into the capital and they, whatever they were making their noise and shouting and that kind of stuff, they were escorted out. I think only one person was arrested or two were arrested, whatever. Nobody will talk about insurrection then. Okay, nobody's talking about persecuting these people. Maybe they a little slap on the wrist or something like that. But look at what happened to the January 6th folks. Yeah. So, so this is a real problem. So these threats to democracies are now, are now being used, being weaponized in law and in and law enforcement. And this is a potential problem.
0: Yeah. Hey, I think the biggest threat to democracy is the growth of government. <laughs> you see government <laughs> Totally growing? agree. That's, that's the biggest threat to, you know, not just democracy. I mean, you know, we say democracy a lot of times, and that's sort of a shorthand for freedom. But what we're really talking about is liberty and freedom, not, you yes. know, democracy is kind of a, a poor uh, <laughs> a poor substitute for that. <laughs> so, um, uh, but but anyway, there are, In talking a little bit about the Rashida Tlaib and the Israel-Palestine thing, that is a good segue to going over to uh, an update on what's happening over there in the Middle East right now. And so, uh, James, uh, maybe if I could get our invisible hand to show us a little bit about what's going on there. Uh, Here's an article from uh, Al Jazeera. Uh, So if you recall, this whole thing started on October 7th when uh, a, a band of, I think, over a thousand Hamas fighters went into Israel and killed. Uh, gosh, it was, I, I'm not sure what the total count is at this point, but it's well Somewhere over. Somewhere between
2: 1,400 and 1,500 Israelis. Okay.
0: Yeah, so and, and it took a while for them to, to come up with those numbers, too, because it was so brutal, uh, you know, and they were going house to house in places and just killing civilians. Uh, they, they're also killing soldiers, too, and police, but I mean, as far as I understand, a lot of these were civilians, and the worst was this uh, concert, and we talked about that in the show, we showed some pictures before, but uh, the idea that they just went in and and massacred people who were just out enjoying music at a concert. I, I, you know, I can't imagine anything more barbaric or brutal than that. Um, and, but, but anyways, uh, that's what started all this. And then Israel has responded and the response, because Hamas went and they, they, they kidnapped some Israelis. They took them back into (laughs) Gaza, uh, and essentially going into tunnels, uh, and, um, uh tim tim do you have yeah something
1: I, I think i think you forgot an adjective that these weren't just regular civilians these were unarmed civilians unarmed yeah, most, by, most yeah. government
0: yeah yeah and, and you know and so like the people at the concert and stuff most of those people were not armed uh, my understanding yeah. is though, so a lot of uh israeli households do uh own weapons a lot of that is because i i believe that you know that they, they they're all expected to go through service in that country so I think uh, but you know when you're being attacked by people with you know uh, who have been trained with automatic weapons coming in and surprising you uh, when you're just asleep with your family? That's uh, yeah, absolutely crazy. But but anyways, uh, uh, yeah. So this was just a massacre of these people, and I mean, a video has come out since showing how you know they literally tortured a lot of these people and made GoPro videos and and sent it out. It's not even like the Nazis where they hid the stuff that they did to Jews from the world. Uh, Hamas is advertising it. They're they're happy. They're proud. But anyway. Anyways, that's what started all this out. And then so when they took the uh, several hundred hostages back with them and, and went back to hide in Gaza, now that has, has prompted uh, Israel to uh, come back and invade Gaza so that they can get at the uh, Hamas terrorists who came. And, and keep in mind, Hamas is literally a political leadership, too, of the Palestinians there. So it's all in, in, in
2: Gaza. In Gaza only. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and so this is, uh, um, you know, real. You know, terrible situation. Um, but yeah, in order to get at these, but I mean, you know, imagine if, like, you know, Nancy Pelosi, you know, was lobbing bombs and then she went and hid behind your house and said, "Ha ha, you can't get me," <laughs> using you as a human shield. Well, that's essentially what Hamas is doing, right? They're literally using the Palestinian people who are they're supposed to represent as human shields. So, um, so you know, Israel and the the only way to get to them is, you know, that there's going to be collateral damage as they try to get to them. And that's what's occurring. And there are, you know, many thousands more, uh, Palestinians dying because of both the, the, uh, the bombing that's occurring in, uh, in Palestine and the, in the Gaza Strip rather, and the, uh, Also, in terms of the blockading of resources going to Palestine so that, you know, people can just have enough water and medical supplies to to get by and stuff. So, and this is prompting an issue that's come up of proportionality and so we're hearing this a lot well you know if, if you look here at this uh maybe we could bring back the out to zero article again because this is what kind of makes the point they're saying more than ten thousand palestinians killed in israeli attacks on gaza and of course uh, uh, james maybe you could get that article up again real quick uh um but uh and so you know this is kind of gives you a sense of the numbers right more than 10,000. So clearly we're talking like five to one at this point, if you're just keeping track of numbers. Um, and you know, of course, Al Jazeera is only talking about the, uh, really the, uh, Palestinian deaths at this point, cause you know, they seem to be a little biased on, on the whole thing. But, um, <laughs> and you know, if we look to at the history of this, uh, uh Statista has, a uh, uh thing that goes up to about 2020 and so you know they show israeli deaths versus palestinian deaths in a lot of this conflict and of course you see there's a lot more palestinian deaths than there are israeli deaths i'm not quite sure how they how they uh those uh, deaths and
1: it? injuries the deaths are in black the injuries are in yeah.
0: red yeah yeah and so i'm i'm not quite sure how they uh uh, you know, characterize all these, you know, uh, if it's collateral or not. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that's probably what it is in many cases with the uh, Palestinian injuries. But um, but you can see here that there is this disproportionality, apparently. So this is the question I kind of had for you guys uh, and maybe for us to consider on the show a little bit. But what, you know, how, how should we think about proportionality when with respect to war and when somebody attacks somebody else, is this something that is important? And should we take this into consideration when these things are occurring? And so let me, let me kick this to you guys.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start for a change. Um, the, sure. uh, yeah, you, you want to, you want to respond to attacks with overwhelming proportionality. You, 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 you know, if you're going to, Go to war, or if you're going to defend yourself, you you don't. For example, you, you don't wait. You don't want to pussyfoot around. You want to use, utilize what if you can, whatever overwhelming uh, force that you have at your disposal. So, for example, attack upon your person.
0: So, um, well, well, Tim, when when you started off, you said overwhelming. Overwhelming proportionality, and I think I think you mean overwhelming disproportionality. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, No, I did not mean the proportionality is so proportional and so equal that it's just overwhelming how equal it is. I mean, it's not like this. It's, not like this. it's so equal. No, I didn't mean it that way. I meant you know, if somebody's attacking you. At this level, you want to re- respond at this level or that level way up there, if possible, because you you kind, want of, to kind of like the
0: well, you know, it almost sounds like what you're saying is the Powell doctrine or the or the what uh, what's his name? That other guy used to say back then. Uh, I can't remember his name, uh, but uh, that Bush administration guy where he uh, Rumsfeld and yeah. uh, shock and awe mm-hmm. is what well, they um, call
2: it R- so. Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld?
0: Rumsfeld. Yeah. yeah, they called it shock yeah. and awe. So the idea was it's yes, specifically yes, not yes. proportional. But go go ahead, Tim. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah. This.
2: So um,
1: but in, in a, a situation like this where your target. So, so here's here's what I'm saying. Um, what where's the proportionality in Israel's attack against Hamas? I heard that that was their target, not the Palestinians. Am I wrong? Did, did, did Israel not say that they were going after Hamas and wanted to destroy Hamas? Or did they say they want to destroy Palestine? Which
2: one was it?
0: Leon? Oh, well, I, I, oh yeah. Go, go ahead, Leon, if you know.
2: <laughs> well, well, you know, this word proportionality is, is, is a nonsensical word, okay? Quite frankly, okay? Because, And this is why I'm saying that. In the first rule of war, if you're going to start a war, which is what Hamas and the uh, did. If you're going to st- start a war, your first rule of war is you have to know your enemy. Know thy enemy, right? Who are you dealing with? So if you decide you want to go into Israel and you want to go kill some of the Israeli citizens, okay, fine. That's your right. You want to do that? Go do, go do it. If you want to declare war on Israel, go do it. But don't expect that Israel is going to respond under your rules, don't expect that. And this is what Hamas is doing and they have done successfully. They started a war and then when Israel responds, they get to the whole world to say, oh, 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 we need some proportionality. What the hell does that mean? No, what the hell does that I don't know what that means. If you're going to attack, go attack. That's, that's your right as, as a sovereign nation. Well, semi-sovereign nation, I should say, that you want to start a war. Fine, you declared war. I have no problem with you declaring war, but know your enemy. And if you know, and you knew, they knew Israel was going to respond, and they were going to respond hard. They knew that. So don't come now and start to whine and cry about the outcome of 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 your of your of your barbarism. Don't don't whine and cry about it. It's too late for that. Well, well deal who, with I don't it know.
1: now. I don't know who's whining and crying about it, but I doubt that it's Hamas because Hamas's goal was because they are so disproportional in power to Israel their end goal was for Israel to respond with overwhelming um, superiority and and death and destruction upon Palestine the reason for that and is because their end goal is to bring other Pal- other um, um, Muslim nations into the fracas and to join them in you know going up against uh, Israel so you've got the neighboring countries that you your desire if your're Hamas is and this is exactly what they wanted to do and Israel just went right along and did exactly what Hamas was end result was and goal was in my opinion and that was to bring <clears throat> overwhelming superior superior, Force against the Palestinians and kill ten thousand or twenty or thirty or forty. They don't care. They want the more the better because that enrages the neighboring Muslim nations to go against Israel and to invade from the north and whatever direction Israel surrounded. So they want them invading from everywhere and to because it's not their only chance. I mean that that's that's the whole thing about about real quick, Tim. Real quick.
0: Well, hold on, Tim. Uh, we got to make a break for our public access audience. Uh, And so um, I wanted to let you know, if you're watching on public access, this conversation continues online. Go check us out on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Rumble, and uh, just look for Knuckleheads uh, of Liberty. And you can find a lot more shows, too, that are archived of us talking to interesting people who are uh, trying to uh, fight for liberty around the country and in your region. So check that out and follow the conversation there. OK, back to the show. Uh, what, what's your uh, – you yeah. finish your thoughts, Tim.
1: That was it. That was it, that, that uh, this is exactly what Hamas had hoped to achieve because they have no other alternative. They're not powerful enough to go up against Israel. It was just poke the bear, have the bear respond with overwhelming force, destroy as much as many people and as much of Gaza as possible so that everybody else from surrounding nations would go up against Israel, defeat Israel, and then, then that's victory, if you could. I mean, that, that was their whole idea. Am I wrong?
2: Yeah. No, I don't. No, I don't think. I don't think um, you're wrong. But you have. But you have people around the world talking about pause and ceasefire. Uh, uh, you should have a pause. You should have a ceasefire. You should have. You should have. Um, you need. Yeah, yeah. You should. You should. Um, you should have this proportionality. All. Uh, all. We hear so much of these things when. When everybody knew what Hamas was doing, they knew what Hamas was doing. They knew what was going to happen after they did it, okay? So so what is the point of now talking about ceasefire and pause and proportionality? Oh, it's now become a humanitarian crisis and all these sort of things. This is well, what the whining I'm talking about. Well, I, I would submit
1: that if you're, if your goal, if you're Israel, and your retaliatory goal is to cut off the head of the snake and take out Hamas, and try to leave the Palestinians alone as much as possible. Then you're gonna to try to do more surgical things. You're gonna send in troops on the ground and you're gonna go hunt down Hamas and you're gonna assassinate them or arrest them or whatever. And then, you know, that's that's a little more proportional. It's like, okay, we were we were not attacked by the Palestinians, we were attacked by Hamas. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go up and in, in, retaliate against Hamas, not the Palestinian people. So I would say that, that would be the argument I would make in uh, response to your question.
2: Yeah, but proportionality is not a rule of war. That's the point I'm trying to make, though. No,
1: it's not. Um, I, you could say that in a personal self-defense situation, proportionality ends when the threat against your life ends. So that's a, exactly that's not war. That's not war. We're seeing war here. And you're right. You know, proportionality ends when you declare victory, when you have achieved, should, hold on, achieved victory. <laughs> you could declare victory, but not achieve it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Biden would do. I declare yeah. victory. Oh, oh right. yes,
2: man. Oh, yes.
0: I, you, I you declare victory.
1: Yes. He lost the
0: war. <laughs> i mean yeah it it certainly seems like you know they were they were looking for a disproportionate response because that's the whole point right if they killed 1500 civilians they they, they're hoping i think that a whole bunch more than that get killed on their side just for the effect that they're after which is like you're saying to bring the people in from the other uh to 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 join the conflict but you know i think there is a, a sort of a Uh, an an elephant in the room though in all of this uh when we when we talk about civilians getting killed on both sides because you know you think about those 200 concert goers that were just brutalized and murdered you know like they you know some of these people didn't even live in israel they were just visiting for the concert like they had this one german woman who uh you know that videos have been out there of her being abducted from this concert and her body was just mutilated and, uh, you know, she was dragged practically naked through the streets of Gaza while people yelled Al- al-hu-akbar and spat upon her body. So, I mean, the, the, these, are, <laughs> this is like not even somebody who's in the conflict. You know, it's literally just somebody mm-hmm. passing by, uh, being grabbed and, and brutalized like this. Um, yeah, but- never mind the German
1: accent, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. fact, I, I yeah, she, yeah. She she didn't look very German, actually, but she apparently she was from Germany. But oh. but, anyways, the the uh, one of the things that I, I I think there's an elephant in the room here is that this person clearly had no tie at all to this conflict. Where as if you look at the the civilians on the other side, the Palestinians, they actually elected the leaders who are doing this i mean the hamas was put into power through an election and they literally said that their goal was to kill the jews you know to get rid of the jews from the river to the sea it's in the
2: achata it's in the achata as we speak it's in the achata i mean if if you're a citizen
0: but 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 if you're a civilian and you vote for that if you knowingly vote that that's part of the contract of what i'm voting for are you completely you know removed from from I guess what it is, the violence, if you are literally, I mean, that's what you're advocating for. It's not like you got fooled. It's not like, you know, hey, I thought I was electing a sweet old man like Joe Biden and he turned out to be a monster. (laughs) I mean, these are people who literally said, this is what we plan to do. And isn't there some kind of culpability there?
1: Was it a balanced election? Do we know that? What's that?
0: Oh, the, it, it was a while back. I think it was like two thousand and five or two thousand six. I think like it that. was. It was two thousand six. Israel,
2: a, Israel yeah. left. Israel left uh, Gaza in two thousand and five, and I think Hamas came to power in two thousand six or two thousand seven. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Was and, it, and, it? And
0: then they suspended. Uh, being, uh, well, well, I was just going to say, and then they suspended being able to be uh uh, uh to have elections. To, <laughs> To be able yes. to get rid of these guys, so once they were elected, they said, Okay, you're, you're not going to vote us out. Yeah, okay, sorry about that, Tim. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering if it was a fair and balanced election. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, well,
0: yeah. We had, well, we had our people, the ones who said, no Jimmy election. Carter,
2: I yeah. think Jimmy Carter was one of the observers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think yeah, so, and he too. said it was
1: good to go. Jimmy Carter,
2: oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and
1: again, you know, Hamas was. You know, it's it's kind of a, a similar tactic in a way to the Hamas attack, trying to get other people to defeat Israel. Hamas was placed there and supported by Israel as a means of never ever coming up with a negotiated s- solution to the to the problem that they have the the two state one state or whatever state problem they have. Uh, so. So that, that, again, a strategy, you know, who knows if the Hamas strategy is going to work against Israel and if surely the Israeli strategy of putting Hamas there so that you will never have a negotiated settlement. To well, and, and, and just to be gold. clear,
0: though, they, they, they didn't actually put them there. They simply uh, it supported was a political them. move. To, yeah, exactly. They they, okay. they supported them. So it means okay, you right. know clearly the Israelis right. government's hands are a little bit dirty in this. But in the end, uh, little, Palestinians uh, yeah, had little, to vote for just a little it. Bit well, well no, well, but well, but I'm saying, Palestinians had to vote for it, right? I mean, it wasn't Lasu- like. The Israelis actually just installed them like we did with, I believe, the Shah of Iran or something like that. I mean, this is right. something where uh, they, they, they had to elect them. But but, yeah, they were clearly uh, playing fast and loose with thinking they were somehow gaming the situation. I think it was mm-hmm. the same president that's currently there now in Israel. Netanyahu. Prime minister, prime, yeah, Netanyahu. The same prime
2: minister. The same prime, yeah. Netanyahu, prime minister. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now,
1: this was this is around 2019. I mean, not that long ago. What made, was what was twenty nineteen? That's when Netanyahu gave the speech to the parliament there in Israel about supporting Hamas. It, uh, what a great idea it was to support Hamas. That was oh. that was when he gave that speech. Now there was yeah. prior support, but and and post speech support, but that was when he gave that speech. And, and the Israelis, I mean I, I just heard a debate between an Israeli guy and a pro-Palestinian guy. And the Israeli guy did not uh dispute that whole accusation that Israel supported Hamas with money and and political uh yeah. push. It <laughs> tickles the cat. Um and uh and it was uh it was. Uh, it, he didn't dispute it. He he said that, that that it was a mistake to do that to support Hamas. That was his conclusion. So th- this is out of. This is not even disputed. And people don't Well, well the it.
2: point. But I think I it's think the relevant done. point is what the point the point that Jason made. Though even though it is true, the the Israeli hands are, are, are quite dirty, quite dirty in this in this whole support for Hamas and and keeping uh, in getting Hamasy. Um, supporting Hamas in, in, in the elections. It it is true. Okay, their hands are not clean here. But I think Jason is right. The Palestinian people in Gaza voted for them. As a matter of fact, after after the um they were elected, they fought a bloody um a bloody war with um a bloody civil war with Fatah to um to, for control of the Gaza. And once they they got control of Gaza, they they moved Fatah or Fatah is the um party of um the guy who's the head of the um Palestinian authority in, in, in the West Bank. Once they kick Fatah out, then they decide, well, you know, they, they, we ain't ha- having no more elections and we shall rule the, the, the Gaza as we so as we damn well please. So yes, the Israeli hands are not clean, but it's the Palestinian people in Gaza who put them there and keep them there. Okay? And they do all sorts of things. So when so so I am with Jason on this point that there's some culpability of the people that they allow these people to stay in power. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. I'll I'll agree with that, too. But here's my one final point about this disproportionality thing, this whole thing, this 10,000 versus 1,500 or what what have you. Here's, Here's my point. Israel does not need $50 billion from the United States. They don't need $50 from the United States, a country capable of responding to an attack by five times the, the casualty rate uh, is a country that doesn't need our money period end of story a country that has F-16s and better versus uh, powered hang gliders is a country that doesn't need $50 billion or whatever it is. What is 60, 70, hundred, a trillion, who knows? Who cares? They don't need a dime from us. Not one single dime do they need. That's my point about the disproportionality. Let so them at it. May the best man or best state win, is my opinion. So so
2: Tim, you, you don't you think do we still... support we should support our, you don't think we should support our friends wherever they are? No. Unless
1: that country has less of a and I'm borrowing this from an, another uh, Republican candidate, unless that country has a worse citizen-to-debt ratio or debt-to-citizen ratio than we do, then maybe we can go more into debt to, to fund them. Because remember, Leon, we do not give them one dime that does not come from debt. Okay, we are indebted to our eyeballs. We need to stop. This is bull- this is bad but okay ad.
2: And wait, 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 no, look, look.
1: no no <laughs> we do not need to support a country <laughs> yeah. that's capable of disproportionately ten thousand 10, killing all those people okay well, well
0: Leon before you respond to I just wanted to say as well that you know there's an issue of not everybody is agreeing necessarily um, with with whether or not when, when when you say these are our friends, they're not necessarily our friends, right? I mean, we've seen that there's a huge division in the country. And so some people, you know, support, a lot of people support Israel, but there's some people who don't. And it's sort of like, man, when we start supporting all this stuff, and then you see how Netanyahu's hands are dirty and all this, and, you know, it's just sort of like, you know, maybe it, we could maybe morally support or personally support these other people, but should our government, even if we weren't in debt, <laughs> <laughs> be handing weapons yeah, and, well, and, and money to okay. all these different places. They,
1: they don't need okay. the money. They're they're going up, up against an impoverished people living in an open air concentration camp, and they no. they've got plenty. no. They've got the neighborhood
2: no. tanks. They got all that. What are you saying, Leon? They're, That's no, just, Tim. That is propaganda. I'm sorry. That is propaganda. Oh, you really? know, you, oh, you, you never notice, Tim. You never notice these impoverished people. Who cannot feed their people? Oh my God, they're so impoverished. It's so cur- terrible. You never notice they could find the most sophisticated weaponry to attack Israel and to attack any of the enemies. Fatah and Hamas fought a bloody war, and they were not using spears and sticks and stones. They're using guns, AK 47, some of the most sophisticated weaponry. They have that there. They could build, they could find money to build all kinds of sophisticated tunnels in, in, in Gaza. Don't tell me they don't have money. Don't tell me they're impoverished. It is what they're using the money for is the issue. That yeah. is what we taxpayers of the United States have given money to Hamas. Well, we have given to the Palestinian Authority and some of it ha- end up in ha- 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 Hamas's hands. We well, have given what... money. What happened to that okay. money? What, what are but... they using it for? Well, they're not using cool. it to, to feed their people. They're not using it to feed their people. So we need you know, to give But, them but they can fill the all insurance? the sophisticated weaponry
0: Let me me give Tim a quick response, and then I want to go to Knucklehead Noise Patrol, because we're going to lose Leon in a second, and I don't want to lose him before the Knucklehead Noise Patrol (laughs) So so go ahead, Tim. Did you have any last response to that, or is that... No, no. Okay. I don't think so. I may have, but it's okay. Okay. Well, clearly you can see... We can't we can't get anybody to agree upon this in the country or just with a small group of libertarians. <laughs> Liberty-minded <laughs> folks. <laughs> so this is a complicated issue. Okay. It's yeah. a, almost like the abortion of uh of of, of foreign uh, uh foreign policy, I guess foreign aid. You might say. Yes, yeah. Potential, yeah,
2: potential abortion of a foreign of foreign aid, yes. yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well anyway,
2: I will make, before we move on, one concession. Tim, you do have a point about the de- our, our debt, OK? I will I will concede that to you. But the foreign aid budget is an issue that we can talk about also. Go ahead. OK, okay go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: All right. <laughs> well, now, I, at this point, I want to move on to our knucklehead noise patrol. And so for this one, we kind of got a kind of interesting one. Um, you know, a lot of times, and and I want to preface before we get to the actual thing that happened. I want to preface with, a, a lot of times, you know, when people will say in sports, um, you know, it's it's sort of like. Uh, um, Oh, gosh, let your game speak for you. You know, I mean, so the idea is, you know, it's a, you know, this isn't just about words, right? I mean, show, show us what you got. You know, that's essentially what we're talking about here. And, and so there's, there's a kind of an interesting video on this that I wanted to share just to give you a sense of what I'm talking about. And and like Michael Jordan made this video uh, and, and it has, it says, let your game speak. And this is just a tiny excerpt from it, but uh, James, can you go with the first uh, knucklehead noise patrol clip? Game speak. That's essentially what he's trying to show here. Okay. Well, recently, um, Gavin Newsom was in China, okay. <laughs> and he brought his game with him to China. And so, let me uh, uh, bring this. Uh, 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 actually, maybe you could show the the visual, James. Can we pull up the screen real quick? So uh, this shows uh, Gavin Newsom decided to bring his both his political and his basketball game to China. <laughs> <laughs> so while he was there, uh, for some reason he thought it would be a good idea to take on a bunch of little kids in China, and to show you what happened, let me show you video clip two real quick to show you Newsom's uh, adventures in basketball in China. Oh, can you bring up that uh, video? <laughs> So there's there's Newsom bringing his game to China and letting it speak for. Him. <laughs> for some reason he thought it was a great idea to uh, uh, to hustle a bunch of little kids <laughs>
2: I, think, so. I think the guy I think the guy should get an NBA contract, man. I mean with, with them kind of moves. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Jason, I don't know why you're mocking the man, man. I, I don't know why you're mocking the man. I mean, come on, man. That guy needs an NBA contract with, with moves like that. My goodness. I can't do that. Okay. I
0: can't I, I, I felt like this was very Kramer-esque and there was a, 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 a short episode. I wanted to bring in just a little clip from Seinfeld real quick. And I just felt like there was a huge parallel here uh, where Kramer is trying to justify sparring with children in karate. And uh, maybe you could, uh, Bring up the third clip here, uh, uh Jay.
2: You guys both have class at the same time?
0: Uh no, we're in the same class.
1: <laughs> what do you mean you're in the same class? He almost beat me.
2: <laughs> Kramer, you're fighting children?
1: We're all at the same skill level, Jerry. He's nine
0: years old. <laughs> nine years old, Jerry. <laughs> so- Anyway, yeah, <laughs> this is apparently Newsom's best game that he took with them, and and that kind of shows you why, why his game is working so well for us here in California as I'm well. Saying, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should get get him a nice NBA contract and be and pay him to leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, do you have any thoughts, Tim, on the dominating I, performance? My only
1: uh, thoughts is these politicians live in a warped reality. That's uh,
0: we, you know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, what would possess somebody to think that they're going to show off in front of some little... <laughs> I mean, he's literally over twice as tall as this guy. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Not only
1: does it going up against uh kids, but they're Chinese kids, so they're a little shorter than them. Yeah, average. on
2: average, yes, <laughs> on average, yes. Yes, yes. No, no, no I mean, we, the Chinese, get the guy. Bad. I don't know why we're mocking the poor guy, okay? Get the guy a <laughs> MBA contract, pay him to leave yeah. the state, and we're gonna yeah. be in good shape, right? Yeah. Everybody yeah. welcome to Comes a winner. Yeah. Well, you know it's funny. Except, like, except
1: Leon, stuff. then he'd have to go uh, earn a living for a change instead.
0: <laughs> well, you know what would be funny is if he got an NBA contract. You'd see how fast he left to go play in another city, in another state, where they don't charge <laughs> as much taxes they do here. <laughs> That's what a lot of athletes do. They'll go to some place <laughs> like Florida, where they yes, Nevada, yes. where their paycheck goes farther. <laughs> oh, Texas. <yes. laughs> yeah
1: yeah you'd be right there
0: <laughs> Jeez. well that's that, that's i think i think we've about reached the end of our show and i know leon has to get going so yeah. uh but uh thanks so much again for joining us uh, uh here and like i said you can find more of our videos on uh, rumble spotify youtube um and facebook Uh, And you can see conversations we've had there. This one will be there. And so are many others in the past. We've interviewed a lot of people who are actually doing the hard work fighting for liberty uh, in their region and sometimes across the country. Uh, So do check those out. And before the next show, think about what you might be able to do in your neighborhood or your area to help the cause of liberty, because as we're showing <laughs> we seem to be losing it at a very uh, fast rate here so uh we, we definitely need you in the fight so uh, think about what you can do uh until the next one stay tuned and stay free oh yes indeed life
2: liberty and the pursuit of happiness always and forever
1: thank you for listening to the knuckleheads of liberty podcast find us on facebook rumble youtube your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.